APU. American Public University is proud to present Online Teaching Lounge. This is episode number 117, Culturally Responsive Teaching and Learning. This podcast is for educators, academics, and parents who know that online teaching can be challenging, but it can also be rewarding, engaging, and fun. Welcome to the Online Teaching Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Bethany Hansen, and I'll be your guide for online teaching tips, topics, and strategies. Walk with me into the Online Teaching Lounge. Welcome to the podcast today. We're going to be talking about culturally responsive teaching and learning. Have you ever heard of this term? It's sometimes abbreviated CLR, which would be culturally and linguistically responsive teaching. There are many different kinds of approaches and there's a lot of information out there. So I would just like to share a few tips and tidbits with you today just to get you started on this topic. The first tip is coming from a book by Shell Education called 50 Strategies for Your Virtual Classroom by Jennifer Jump. And in her book, she has a section called Culturally Responsive Learning. If you have that book, it's page 13. And I'm just going to quote her here. She says, Culturally and linguistically responsive teaching expert Dr. Shiroki Holly defines a culturally responsive mindset in the following way. Being culturally responsive is an approach to living life in a way that practices the validation and affirmation of different cultures, for the purposes of moving beyond race and moving below the superficial focus on culture. And when educators use culturally responsive teaching strategies, students are more engaged, which in turn helps them to be more successful academically. So there's our start today to be thinking about and talking about. The goal is to bring out students' real identities and who they really are to help them feel more comfortable, more connected, and more understood in the classroom. But I think it goes a little bit beyond this, and that is how we can appreciate and understand our students from whichever place they come from and whatever beliefs they have and whatever understandings they have. And we can also show up ourselves. We too have an identity and a background and a culture that may be part of sharing. Maybe it's part of our social presence. Maybe it's part of our invitation to invite our students to bring in who they are and be themselves in the classroom as well. And when we talk about culturally responsive teaching and learning, there's an article out there by Laura Richley and Emily Graves in the magazine Multicultural Perspectives, Volume 14, Number 1, from 2012. I realize that's about 10 years ago, but these concepts are very much relevant today. And I'm going to just read from the summary here some pertinent ideas you might care about. Culturally responsive pedagogy, as defined by one of the most prominent authors in the field, Geneva Gay in 2002, is using the cultural characteristics, experiences, and perspectives of ethnically diverse students as conduits for teaching them more effectively. So we're understanding that culturally responsive teaching and learning means that we are using some teaching practices that attend to the specific cultural characteristics that make our students different from one another and from their teacher. Cultural characteristics might be things like our values, our traditions, and our language. And those are kind of on one level. Then if we go a little bit deeper here, 
We're going to also include the concepts of how we communicate, what we communicate, learning styles we might have, things that are traditionally done in our method of learning culturally, might even include group versus individual work, for example, and also relationship norms. There are a lot of specifics from one culture to the next about how various relationships speak to each other, whether it's teacher to student, student to peer, student to other leaders, etc. Culturally responsive pedagogy means that our main objective is that we're going to be able to reach everyone and educate everyone in the way that we can reach them best. So in this chapter that I mentioned by Laura Richley and Emily Graves, this is actually a literature review about a lot of different research that's been done on multicultural or culturally responsive pedagogy. And there are four practices that come out, which I'd like to highlight for you here. And that is first, that the teacher is empathetic and caring. And of course, that means that when we hear our students, when they communicate to us, we're going to be able to validate their experiences different from our own or similar to our own. It doesn't matter. We can validate. Validating is just affirming and legitimizing that someone else's experience is every bit as real as our own experience or someone else's. So all of those experiences are valid, valuable, and worth contributing. And of course, we can give a lot of upfront instruction and guidance to communicate that empathy and that caring to all of our students and help them to know how to engage. The second point that comes out from this article is that they are reflective about their beliefs about people from other cultures. And this one's particularly important. It's a pretty obvious point that we might have implicit bias about groups of people or cultures. Interestingly enough, we might even have biases about our own. For example, if we find a student from our own cultural background, we might assume we know how they think and feel or what they might understand. And that's really not true. We didn't grow up with these people. We're not in the same household or even the same person that they are. And as clear as that may sound, we want to question our assumptions about groups, about individuals, and even about our own when we run into students who come from similar backgrounds. They can be areas on which we can connect to students, but they can also be assumptions that are not correct, that become barriers if we believe these things. So reflecting on our beliefs about people from other cultures is a solid practice that will help us with culturally responsive teaching and learning. Third, they are reflective about their own cultural frames of reference. Again, looking at our own world from the inside out and then try to be objective looking from the outside in so that we can understand how we might present ourselves to others and what assumptions we have. And lastly, that they are knowledgeable about other cultures. This requires a little bit of learning on our part. Those of you who have been to many places in the world, interacted with people of many cultures and backgrounds, you have already some help in this direction. And if we've really developed over time in a single place and we haven't traveled much or known very many cultures outside our own, this could be an area for growth, something we need to stretch into and learn more about others. There's some data shared in this article about teacher characteristics for culturally responsive pedagogy that might be useful to you. There is a diverse student population across the United States that needs more education and education that reaches them where they are. 
especially our adult learners. Many people grow up into adulthood, and when they come to college, they're already wondering, should they even be there? They're wondering, is it a good fit for them? Can they do it? Can they make it? And having some culturally responsive approaches in our teaching, meeting students where they are and learning what their needs are to best connect with them and help them engage in the discourse or the academic content, that's going to help them a lot. So we have some ideas around who we can be as teachers, what we can do to help reach students best through a culturally responsive approach. And then we also have some specific strategies we can use. The first one I already mentioned, validating our students. A second one would be affirming. Affirming means that we are just giving some acknowledgement to the student's experience and allowing them the space to be who they are. We don't necessarily need to correct them on what is right or wrong based on their own background, but we do need to teach the content in a way that they can connect to it, use it, and grow from that content and from that experience. Through validating and affirming students throughout the classroom and our activities, we're gonna be building relationships with them by showing them we care. That's that empathy and caring that was mentioned in the teacher traits. And we're also gonna be able to build bridges from where we are or where our students are to where we are. So we're going to be able to help them connect to things that might be outside their norm or outside their realm of experience. Now, what we know about adult learners in particular is that they want to bring their own experiences into the classroom. If we come at our teaching with a culturally responsive approach to teaching and learning, we will be expecting that and inviting it. And the more we can invite our students to be who they are, to share their own experiences, and we can be more aware of our attitudes, our cultural understanding, and also what our students may need to be invited out and share those things, the more we're going to be able to build those relationships that support students' learning and success. Whether or not you already have the experience with culturally responsive teaching and learning, we can all start now and take the step to invite students to share. It's something we can do through sharing our own background, through using culturally responsive language and the way we communicate that is inviting and open to sharing across students and students to faculty and faculty to students as well. And we can also include resources, images, videos from a variety of cultures. In selecting the materials that we put before our students, we can use largely diverse groups of people in those materials and also diverse approaches to give plenty of examples and things that students can connect to. The more we do this, the more we can celebrate the uniqueness of each person in our classroom and we can meet them where they really are. Now, the more we think about multicultural teaching or culturally responsive teaching, the more we can think about the invitation to have confidence and be oneself. There's sort of a motivational framework that exists, whether you're motivated to have a job, motivated to take a class, motivated to do anything really. And the motivational framework has to do with being able to contribute, first of all. So you have some kind of special value there or meaning in the experience. And that would be a great foundation for culturally responsive teaching. 
if students are asking the question, is this work meaningful to me? And if they're able to say yes to that, then that means we've bridged that gap in some way or helped them to do so. Secondly, is this experience going to give me a chance to develop? So when we've reached our students in a way that connects to what they already know and what they'd like to continue learning and is somewhat in a context that meets them where they are, then they will continue developing and they will have that opportunity. So we want students to be able to say yes to that question. Third, am I going to learn new things? which is different from developing, right? Developing means I'm gonna grow as a human being. Learning new things could be skills, facts, information, schema, academic vocabulary, any of those things that they need to continue in depth or breadth throughout their academic experience. Fourth, will I have an opportunity for recognition and achievement? And that question speaks to their achievement in the course and their long-term connection to their career. Will students be able to pass this class? Is there enough information they can access that's going to meet them where they are and bridge the gap for them so that they can be successful? If we find that students, for example, need some kind of vocabulary database where they can look up the terms or some kind of tutor to help them revise their essays or whatever it is, if we provide those things or give them connections to those things at the institution, then they're going to have the opportunity to achieve in that course, to successfully complete the course and have some internal and external recognition for their work. And then lastly, am I going to be given responsibility? We never want a student to have the experience of just showing up and passively listening and walking away. We want to expect rigor and high performance from all of our students. If students are given responsibility for their learning and also expected to achieve at a high level, we maintain those expectations but scaffold the steps to get there, now we've given students a really satisfying experience where they are expected to have some responsibility there and to work for what they're doing and to come away with a sense of satisfaction and achievement. So we have all of these things that come together in culturally responsive teaching. And in closing, whatever approaches you're using to encourage your students, discuss their experiences, and connect to their backgrounds and the depth of who they are, always remember to invite. Inviting is the best approach possible. The more you invite students to share these things and affirm and acknowledge them and validate them when they do share, the more open and accepting and inviting your classroom is going to be. And that's going to be a positive experience for our students. That'll get us a good start on the path of culturally responsive teaching and learning. Thank you for being here today. I wish you all the best in your online teaching this coming week. This is Dr. Bethany Hansen, your host for the Online Teaching Lounge podcast. To share comments and requests for future episodes, please visit bethanyhansen.com forward slash request. Best wishes this coming week in your online teaching journey. For more information about our university, visit us at study at APU.com. APU, American Public University.